On average, the clinician spends two to three hours a night after hours doing mundane data entry work. We've turned physicians into the highest paying data entry people in the planet. Welcome to the GeekWire Health Tech Podcast. For our final episode of this season, we have the second of a two-part series on the rise of voice assistants in healthcare. In part one, we heard about how major health systems are using voice assistants for things like scheduling appointments and monitoring patients. Today's episode is all about startups. We have two Seattle area companies that are creating a future where voice assistants make healthcare more human. I'm talking about voice apps that free doctors from their keyboards and can even form relationships with patients. Now that the world's biggest players in voice technology, Google, Apple, and Microsoft, are all moving into healthcare, there's a world of possibilities for startups to bring creative solutions to the table. This is the GeekWire Health Tech Podcast. I'm reporter James Thorne. Stay with us. GeekWire's Health Tech Podcast is sponsored by Primera Blue Cross, providing comprehensive health benefits and tailored services to approximately 2 million people, from individuals to Fortune 100 companies. Learn more about how Primera is innovating in healthcare at Primera.com slash innovation. Welcome to the GeekWire Health Tech Podcast. I'm reporter James Thorne. Here in the studio with me are Ryan Plash, VP of Growth and Strategy at Sekara, as well as Harjinder Sandhu, CEO and founder at Sekara. Welcome to the show. Thanks. Great to be here. Thanks so much, James. Pleasure to be here. Sekara is working on something that most of us have probably encountered at the doctor's office. When you sit down with your nurse or doctor, chances are they've got their hands on a keyboard. They're taking notes on everything important that you say. But what you probably don't realize is that all those notes, all that typing, are a huge source of burnout among doctors. What a lot of physicians are doing these days uh, are they're talking to patients and at the same time they're turning toward their computer to try to type and complete that documentation or a lot of them are spending hours in the evenings trying to document care. You hear a lot about pajama time for physicians and the fact that they're spending a lot of their pajama time typing into their computers and trying to complete notes. Sekera is trying to make that pajama time a thing of the past. It developed an app that runs on an iPhone that can listen to a conversation with a patient and take notes, which frees up time for clinicians. This is something that's only been possible in recent years, but Harjinder has been trying to solve this problem for decades. Back around 20 years ago, a friend and I uh, did a startup where we applied speech recognition to the medical space, specifically around dictation. So what used to happen 20 years ago was physicians, in order to document patient care, they would dictate notes on a handheld recorder over a telephone, and you would have transcriptionists typing up those notes. And what we did was apply speech recognition to that process uh, in order to make the transcriptionists much more uh, efficient in that whole process. But a lot of that work that we did informed the way we approach things in Sekera and specifically around how to take conversations that doctors are having with their patients and then turn them into meaningful data and documentation. So are you in physicians' offices right now listening to these interactions and documenting them? So we're in a number of large health systems as well as a lot of group practices and multi-specialty groups. What has the response been like from physicians that are, that are using the product? We find the vast majority of physicians are aching for a solution that takes them away from their keyboards and allows them just to focus on patients. There are parts of what a doctor is going to do that is very complex and requires a lot of skill, and then there's a lot of parts of what they do that are just very routine. And I see 
systems like ours and others actually taking a lot of that routine stuff and allowing, again, the physician to just focus on the more complex cases and spend more time. Do you feel like we're at a stage now where the ability to take voice and turn it into data is, is accelerating very quickly, or is it, is it still kind of a slow process? I think we've reached an inflection point. It hasn't happened with perfect accuracy yet, but it's getting there. It's getting to a point where it's going to become a transformative force, not just for documentation, but for a lot more within healthcare. Artificial intelligence in general has begun to gain widespread use, and a lot of factors outside of healthcare, of course, in areas where artificial intelligence has been applied successfully, such as in autonomous vehicles and other intelligent assistance and things like that. Healthcare is one of those areas where the need for data is immense. So every time a physician sees a patient, there are tremendous requirements for what gets documented. But the problem is that the data entry was the key bottleneck. You have to have people entering that data into the electronic medical record. And so now if you think about typing this on a keyboard or staring at a screen trying to enter this information versus just being able to communicate to your patient via voice because all of that information is actually being communicated between the doctor and the patient already. So using voice as an interface, we can capture a lot of that information without making the physicians do double work. It sounds like you have decided to go after a really complicated problem when you could have gone after much simpler ones. I mean, hospitals are in need of just basic diagnostic help, that sort of thing. Why did you decide to tackle such a, such a complicated problem in healthcare? When you do a startup, you look at opportunities. And what's the biggest pain point in existence in the healthcare system? If you were to talk to doctors today and say, you know, what's the biggest pain points that you're feeling right now? The vast majority, if not every physician will say, dealing with the electronic medical record is the pain point. That is what's causing me to spend my evenings um, working rather than spending time with my family. That's what's causing me to see fewer patients. That's what's sucking the joy out of practicing medicine. On average, the average clinician spends two to three hours a night after hours doing mundane data entry work. We've turned physicians into the highest paying data entry people in the planet. Do you kind of see artificial intelligence generally, but also, you know, specifically through voices kind of delivering on what the promise of all this technology was in the first place. I mean, when we first introduced the electronic medical record and, and required all hospitals to start using them, the idea was not to <laughs> turn doctors, as I said, into the highest paid data entry clerks on the planet. In the consumer tech space, voice has been highly adopted. I think the resounding theme is voice saves time. Voice is a natural modality for uh, physicians. They're trained in, in residency and school on the old method, which was transcription and tapes. And quite honestly, physicians were pretty productive with that model. Voice allows for this really beautiful environment where structured, discrete clinical data that's accurate at the point of care can be captured organically. So what are some of the capabilities that you think are going to come into this space in the next couple of years that you're most excited about? Eventually, we'll have algorithms that can understand the process of medicine, understand what actually happens when a patient comes in and can make predictions. And so far, that hasn't happened. There hasn't been much traction in the healthcare space as far as artificial intelligence is concerned. And the primary bottleneck for that is actually not the availability of 
very good artificial intelligence algorithms. It's actually the availability of data. That data is not getting in entered in a structured way into the electronic medical records. And what I see over the next three to five years happening in a really big way is that as we facilitate capturing that data in a very structured fashion, we are turning our sights on going from being a passive listener in a conversation to being able to predict what's going to happen. We can start guiding the process of care and helping to reshape the way doctors and patients, and specifically patients, interact with the healthcare system. So on your website, SickCare is described as an AI virtual assistant for physicians. Obviously, we all have now a virtual assistant in our pockets. Seeing a company like Amazon take Alexa, make it HIPAA compliant, does that concern you as a startup, thinking that these, you know, these huge tech players with really advanced AI systems are looking at healthcare, or do you see it as an opportunity? I see our systems coexisting in different kinds of settings within the healthcare ecosystem. So the problems that Alexa are gonna, is going to solve is going to be different than the problems that we're trying to solve. The way you're going to use Alexa is you're going to say, and similarly the way you would use it in a non-healthcare context when you say, Alexa, what's the weather like today? Alexa, when's the next flight from Seattle to San Francisco? These kinds of short-form interactions, which is what a virtual assistant like Alexa is optimized for versus the kinds of things that happen in a doctor-patient conversation where this is a 30-minute dialogue that's taking place, you can't just inject a tool or a system like Alexa into that context and expect it just to have understanding of what's going on. So we've spent a lot of our time focusing on how do we capture information from these kinds of dialogues, these kinds of conversations. Where do you think the most exciting innovation will come from? Is it going to be from from startups? Is it going to be from health providers? Is it going to be from big tech? Or is everyone going to have to work together to get this technology to the next stage? So I think a lot of the innovation has happened, it's happening, and a lot of the core algorithms that are driving the current explosion in artificial intelligence are happening. We're not at the forefront of those. We're I would say companies like ours are leveraging the advancements that are being made and making practical use of them. We can take the work that's being done, the advancements that are happening within the artificial intelligence community, and we can apply them to this particular problem. We can find a unique way to actually solve this very difficult problem of listening to conversations and extracting information from them. As a patient, as I get older, I start going to the doctor more. These apps start to proliferate. What kind of experience do you think that I'm going to have, and how is it going to be different from the the experience that I would have walking into a doctor's office today? As a patient, a couple years from now, you'll probably start engaging with a virtual assistant such as ours or another one before you even go to, uh, to the actual visit with the doctor. The system will start actually asking you a lot of the common questions that the physician would have asked. If you're coming in for headaches, it will start asking you the intensity of the headaches when they started what kind of things make it better, what kind of things make it worse. And for a lot of the routine kinds of things, I see systems being able to say, hey, you don't actually need to see the physician. This is what I'm going to recommend. That will happen. It's a number of years away before people will trust the systems to be able to do that. So a lot of the time the physicians spend today uh, going through your charts before you actually do that visit and you know, trying to sift through sometimes years or decades of notes to try to see what what is the history for this particular patient. A lot of that the system will be able to summarize to the physician and then actually even make suggestions and help along in that process of care. I think everything's going to be voice first from a a workflow standpoint. It's natural, organic, uh, it's frictionless, it's keyboardless, 
you know, I think about the uh, Star Trek episode with Scotty where he comes to a computer back in the 80s or 90s, and the first thing he does is start speaking to the computer. And uh, he says, hello, computer, and there's no response. So they give him the mouse. He picks up the mouse and says, hello, computer. And so it'll transform the entire patient care journey and care continuum from the front end to the back end and care follow-ups, engagement, scheduling. And there'll probably be some benefits interoperatively as well. Thanks to you both for coming in the the studio today and recording with the GeekWire Health Tech Podcast. You're very welcome. It's been a pleasure. Thanks so much. Our pleasure. Thanks again to Harjinder and Ryan from Seikara. You can find out more about their startup at Seikara.com. That's S-A-Y-K-A-R-A.com. Up next, we have a voice assistant with some personality and compassion. It will ask you how you're feeling, but it will also ask you about your dog and your favorite movie, all in the interest of making healthcare more human. Where we see our apps going in the very near future would start the day saying, James, what would you like to talk about today? Not, James, you didn't take your pills. That's coming up after the break. This season of the GeekWire Health Tech Podcast is presented by Primera Blue Cross. At Primera, we talk about what we do all day. We offer access to healthcare. The card in the pocket allows people to go get access to healthcare. Dr. John Espinola is Executive Vice President of Healthcare Services for Primera Blue Cross. The challenge we have is that we know that the healthcare that they get access to doesn't work as well as it could. So we have a duty at Primera to make healthcare work better. That's our job. We give people access to healthcare, yet we give them access to something that's subpar. We have a moral and fiduciary obligation to do better. We're going to do it in partnership with those who may touch the moment of care. Providers, innovators, entrepreneurs, all of these are going to help us move in the direction we need to to make healthcare work better. We're bold enough to take the risk to try to do something that'll make a difference and learn from it and be better along the way. To find out more, visit Primera.com slash innovation. Welcome back to the GeekWire Health Tech Podcast. We've just heard how voice apps are freeing up doctors to connect more personally with their patients. Now it's time for the technology to get a bit more personal. My name is Neil Sofian. I'm the CEO of Tuzag. And what is Tuzag? Tuzag is a health-focused digital conversational AI concierge. So you created a smoking cessation program uh, back in the 80s that was actually phone-based. Yep. And I found that fascinating that you kind of came full circle now on voice for healthcare. Why are you excited about the potential for these new AI-based voice apps? For a long time, I think in healthcare, we've thought that if you just give people the right information, they'll go do the right thing. And I can assure you that that is stunningly, amazingly wrong. You know, most people who want to lose weight already know that it's bad for them. Most people who smoke, surprisingly, they know it's bad for them and they'd like to quit. People who want to have diabetes want to manage it. So telling them all those facts don't, don't change anything. And what makes a difference is that you need to understand people's life circumstance. And if you understand their life circumstance, and then you can build an ongoing conversation with them and then help them solve the problems of their life, one of which may be health, but that you do it within the context of that larger circumstance, you can actually make change happen. On, and you can do it digitally on a massive scale, but you've kind of got to do it, reach millions of people one person at a time, so you have to create segments of one to do it. We're looking at how do you add in that conversational part, 
how do you understand the other circumstances of what people care about, the nuance? Talk to me a little bit about where you see us right now with these voice apps that we've seen come out. A lot of them are pretty transactional. Yep. Um, they're scheduling. They're diagnostic. Yep. What do the middle steps look like in the evolution of these products? Well, the first part, you're right. It's completely transactional. Uh, it is about appointments. It is about how do we take the system we have and make it work more efficiently? The problem is we have a system that's nuts. If you were a Martian looking at it, you'd go, why are you trying to make something that's so wacky more efficient? Wouldn't you want to look at something more in-depth? So I think you have to do that in a couple of steps. So I think we should go ahead and keep doing the transactional stuff. Nothing wrong with that. However, we have to do two things. One is we start to need to collect different data. Right now, if you talk to most of these folks, they want to know things like height, weight, blood pressure, what pills you're taking, what procedures you've had, how much you've cost. So they're looking at all that. And maybe if they're really being cool, they're then saying, can we use that to predict future costs or diseases? They're being projective in that way. But they're not asking questions like, hey, James, What's meaningful to you? What are your family circumstances? Social determinants of health. Things that there's a thing called the vulnerability index. It looks like what's your energy? What's your sleep? Are you a caregiver? How are your relationships? Those sorts of things. Are you depressed? These are the things that actually are enablers or disenablers of you actually taking behavior change. Well, I'm not even collecting that data. And if I'm not collecting that data, how can I possibly use it? Even if I'm still pushing messages, how can I even use it? let alone then take that data and then turn that into conversation. And so that becomes step two, is now if I have a new form of data, I can actually then make it become two-way. And then I would say the third step is once you have the data and you understand you have to do this in a nuanced conversational way, you have to start by asking instead of telling. Any good date, the first thing you do is ask them about them. You don't start by telling them about you. Uh, unless they ask you to. Where we see our apps going in the very near future would start the day saying, James, what would you like to talk about today? Not, James, you didn't take your pills. James, you didn't step on the scale. You still weigh 600 pounds too much, which James doesn't. But the point being is that it starts with, it doesn't start with a tell. It starts with, a, in essence, from a whole other field, appreciative inquiry. It's, it's, that get, it's that motivational interviewing approach of the world that says, ask, don't tell. In suck in, suction, not pressure, be a way to, to think of it. Half of all healthcare costs are tied to people's personal behavior. That's over $1.5 trillion of the economy. And if I can't then tie to hooking into that emotional aspect, which means I want to Ask the right data so that I can create the right conversation and get it a very nuanced way to get to the emotion of how do I help you make change within the context of your life. That's where we have to go. Is this a matter of getting the applications to start acting more like Doctors Act? Or, or is this a problem with the whole system, the way even doctors approach patients? <laughs> yeah. I mean, so average doctor waits something like, I, I think there's research, something like 15 seconds before they start interrupting a patient when they come into an office. So the doctor-patient average relationship is not what you'd call a hot date. And too often the doctor's got his, his or her hand on the doorknob because, and that's not their fault. It's the very structure of the system. They have to get through the door quickly. So I, it's not a matter of can we act more like a doctor. I'd say can we act more like uh, an intimate relationship? Can I act like the caregiver you care about? 
which is, I think, what a lot of a lot of providers wish they could do. I don't care how kick-ass our voice apps are. That will not solve the whole healthcare problem. Do you think that people, and by people, I mean patients, really want to embrace a relationship with technology in this way? Some do. Some don't. And what, which one's right? And the answer is yes. For people who really only want to deal with live people, you know what we should provide them? Live people. For people who really only want to do digital, we should provide them digital. A lot of people are already freaked out by the amount of data that's being collected on us, specifically by the very tech companies that are now trying to get into healthcare. What do you think that these companies need to do to win over the trust of patients so that we will allow them to be the middlemen in our healthcare? Hmm, good question. And the answer will be some people we will never. And that's okay. A couple of real basic things is you have to give people complete control over their own data. Even if they don't want the control, they need to know they have the control if they want it. I think for many people, privacy is clearly not the biggest issue. And the question is, what am I getting out of this deal? So all of a sudden, whether it's the employer collecting the data, the health plan collecting the data, the health, the health provider collecting the data, I think people are saying, if they think about it, where's the value? You're selling stuff on me. You're, you're, how do I know this is valuable to me? On the flip side, if you simply provide value up front, rarely do people even think about the privacy issue, with the exception of there is a certain part of the population that will absolutely care about it, and that should be absolutely respected. And so therefore, you need to build a system where any consumer should be able to turn off or turn on whatever data flow that they think is appropriate. So I might want to communicate with you, but you may decide I don't, I don't want to have, allow you to have access to my claims data or my medical record. That doesn't mean I can't have a conversation with you. It just means there's only certain parts I can talk to you about it anymore because I only know what you let me know. To give me a sense for what this actually looks like in practice, Neil gave me a demo of Life365, a health concierge that Tuzag is creating. The voice app asked me a few background questions, like my name, my pet's name, and whether or not I had taken my medication today. Then it dove right in. Here's a sample of one of our exchanges. Good afternoon, James. Thanks for checking in. Is this an emergency? No. That's good. You know I like to make sure you're okay whenever we chat. And how are you on this sunny Thursday? I'm feeling great. Awesome. And how is that adorable golden doodle Pearl doing today? Uh, Pearl's doing okay. She's uh, pretty sleepy. Well, give that good dog some love for me. I see that you've taken your medications. Did you have any issues? No, no issues. That's good. Be sure to let me know if you ever have any issues taking your medications or any side effects while I have you. Since we're still getting to know each other, I was wondering, what's your favorite movie genre? Uh, sci-fi. I can't get enough sci-fi, especially the ones where the AI becomes sentient. What's your favorite science fiction or fantasy film? Uh, Blade Runner. Oh, so much yes. A Blade Runner is one of my all-time favorites. You should check out Avengers, Endgame, 
It's supposed to be terrific. So if you notice, a couple of things occurred during these different demos. One, she was able to connect, if you were in an emergency, connect you to somebody real. And, you know, send a message or she could have connected you to somebody live. Other than 911, she could do that. Two, if you notice, she said on a sunny Thursday, she knew where she, you were coming. So she knew what this, where you were coming from. So we can, and she can actually connect to weather.com. So she's doing that. Based upon your name, she's making some assumptions about gender. So she's actually using the right kind of pronouns for you. And then when she did things like she's learning, and then as you respond, she's actually responding to you. So if you had said you're doing terrible, you would have gotten very different responses. Those of you who are listening can't see it. It made James smile. And I would tell you that's actually important, that it evoked an emotional response because content is still critical. She's actually hooking you in with how she chooses to talk. All that little stuff is huge. You know you're still talking to an AI, but there's a lot of research that's been done around people and robotics and how quickly they will attribute animation and life to them, you know, both in robotics and with, with digital AIs. Well, great. Neil, thanks so much for coming out to the uh, GeekWire office today. Oh, they're fabulous. Just so for those of you who are listening, they're in Fremont, which, by the way, is the center of the universe. Thanks to our guests, Harjinder Sandhu and Ryan Plash from Sekera, and Neil Sofian from Tuzag. And thank you for listening to the GeekWire Health Tech Podcast. If you like the show, please consider leaving us a rating and a review on your favorite podcast app, or tell a friend or colleague about the show. See more episodes at geekwire.com slash healthtech and subscribe in your favorite podcast app. This episode of Health Tech was produced by Jenny Cecil Moore. Thanks to our sponsor of Health Tech Season 3, Primera Blue Cross. You can find out more about their work at primera.com slash innovation. To see all of GeekWire's coverage of science, tech, business, and more, go to geekwire.com. Sign up for our podcast newsletter to hear all of our shows. I'm reporter James Thorne. Thanks for listening to Health Tech.